to the Freedom Nation podcast with Jeff Kickle. On this show, Jeff shares his expertise in financial and retirement planning from a different perspective. Planning for your Freedom Day, which is the first day that you wake up and have enough income or assets and do not have to go to work that day. Learn how to calculate what you need, how to generate income sources, and listen to interviews from others who've done it themselves. Get ready to experience your own Freedom Day. Hello, Freedom Nation. It is Jeff here, and I am so excited to share with you a little bit of uh, another Freedom Engine with you today. Uh, We've had a couple of these on over the last uh, several shows talking about different Freedom Engines. And for those of you that are new listening, a Freedom Engine is the tool that you use to get yourself out of debt and the tool that you use to extract yourself from a job you don't like, give yourself that financial freedom and time freedom to where you can get out and get out on your own. So today we're going to talk a little bit about a freedom engine that I used. It was really my first successful business. Now, I've told you over time, I actually had started about seven businesses prior to having my first real success. And my first real success as a uh, as a a business person, successful business that actually made me money that I could actually live on was an Amazon store. And the whole idea or the whole thing that came about and why I ended up with an Amazon store, um, I've told you before, I listened to the, uh, the Entrepreneur on Fire podcast. And one of the early guests that John Lee Dumas had on the show was a gentleman that had you know, been a photographer. He had sold things online before and somehow he got, he decided to get into, um, you know, basically into Amazon. Uh, He had heard about Amazon uh, FBA, which is, uh, and we'll talk about what that is, but it's fulfilled by Amazon. And he started to learn a little bit about it and decided that he was going to go do that and ended up also teaching people me included, how to do that. Um, And honestly, at this point, I don't even remember what his name was. It's been long enough. It's been almost six years since I did this. But the thing about it was, you know, my wife and I were looking for ways to make additional money. Uh, At that time, she was not working outside the house. So we were just looking for a little bit of extra income to get rid of some debt, um, to kind of build up uh, some a little bit of additional retirement assets. I didn't really have a, a plan to quit my job at that time. Uh, that came maybe about a year later. But we decided to start an Amazon store. And so we did a little bit of research. And one of the things that that I learned in his course that I completely did not listen to him about was don't choose large items, so nothing over about six inches tall, and don't choose anything made out of glass. So I promptly decided to do a product, kind of a very unique looking French press coffee press that was about, well, just a little over seven inches tall and made mostly of glass. So broke the two cardinal rules of what you don't want to do when it comes to Amazon. And you know, basically any kind of physical product that you have. So I promptly went through the process. I followed exactly his advice, except for that one little piece. 
I went to China or I actually reached out to people in China through Alibaba, uh, found a product that I liked that was very unique and different from any other one I'd ever seen. Uh, a lot of people just resold the same thing over and over and over again. Well, I actually went in and found a product that really looked very different from everybody else's that was out there. So I thought I had a competitive advantage there. Um, and then the other piece of it was I, um, you know, I tried multiple different ones. And so I paid money to have those shipped over to me. So I had to pay for the item itself, uh, paid to have them overnighted to me so that I could get started relatively quick, found the product that I liked, um, negotiated with the person in China. And it's very intriguing when you're, when you're working with people in China, because typically the factories there do not work directly with the people that they sell to. They typically have a middleman or a middlewoman, uh, in this case, who goes in and negotiates for you with the factory there. They obviously get a little bit of a cut and they're kind of almost like a manufacturer's representative. They work with the factory to get everything built. And then, you know, in addition to that, that gets shipped over. Um, with my initial products, I wanted to get started as quickly as possible. And um, I, I wasn't ordering a huge amount of product to, to begin with. I ordered about $6,000 worth of product at the beginning. Um, had that shipped over via China Post, uh, which is their kind of version of the U.S. Post Office kind of on steroids. Uh, much more efficient, much faster than anything that I've ever gotten from our post office, especially from overseas. Uh, what ended up happening is I just was able to get it done right before Chinese New Year. And basically think of Chinese New Year in China when it comes to manufacturing as um, Thanksgiving, New Year's Eve, Christmas, all wrapped into one. It's all one big month of, of uh, celebration. And most of the people that work in, let's say, Beijing or any of the other manufacturing cities, they all leave and they go to the country to visit their families and everything else. So effectively, commerce just completely shuts down for a month. So I was just sliding this in. I decided to do this during Christmas time. Uh, 2014. And, you know, Chinese New Year's like late January that year. So I was really scrambling to find a product, get it ordered and get it shipped over to me. Uh, got it shipped over to me. Uh, of course, this is a large glass item. I got uh, probably 25 boxes with, uh, I can't even remember how many, there was at least 25 in each, 20, 25 in each box. Um, about 10% of those. So I think I had maybe 2000 of these in my garage, about 200 of them were broken into pieces by the time I received them from China post. Uh, so 10% of my investment instantly went up in smoke. Uh, so I lost about $600 right out of the gate. Um, then I learned the, uh, the FBA world. And uh, earn, you know, learned how to ship the things up to Amazon, which meant that you had to pull them all out of the cases that they came in, put a label on them, put them back in the cases, put them all together, take them over to uh, the UPS store, 
and ship them up via UPS to Amazon or to Amazon's warehouse. And in a lot of cases, Amazon would say, well, okay, we want you to ship five of these cases to, you know, our, you know, Dallas location or Austin location uh, warehouse. And we want you to ship, you know, a few more out to California and a few more to the East Coast so that they could stage these things around the country. And then we were off and running, trying to uh, get out there. Now, what I did a very bad job was it was it was a very popular item. French press coffee presses are a very popular item. The challenge with them is there's a lot of them. And so it's very difficult to get yourself up to in the rankings to where you're showing up on the front, you know, first or second page. I had an interesting enough item and it seemed like when I could get it to where, you know, I was within the first couple pages through advertising, I was getting some purchases and because it was a very unique item and it was different from all the rest. Well, by the time those got to Amazon, at least another 5% of them were broken in transit from there. And then I started selling items over time and pretty much another 10% of those <laughs> got broken in the mix. So you can, you can kind of see why you, uh, why you don't use anything that's glass. You want things that are relatively durable um, things that are relatively small are good things to sell because those are, are things that can be shipped very easily. They're going to get to where they need to be, uh, both from the manufacturer to you, shipped up to Amazon, and then shipped to the end client without really any damage to them. So this was the way we got started, and it really was not an auspicious start. It wasn't a really good way to get started in the business, and I could have really quit at that point, but I just happened to be listening to the podcast of the gentleman that uh, that I had heard on John Lee Dumas's show, and he was talking about several different ways to do it and interviewing people that had been successful in the Amazon industry, so to speak. And one of the people talked about, well, this is the way to kind of get started and generate some revenue really quick. Uh, you just need a little bit of money to get started, and you can you can basically either go to like a local Goodwill type stores, find items there, pay a little bit for them, turn around, throw them up on Amazon, flip them, make a little bit of money. And then, you know, you can just start building, building, building. Well, that didn't really excite me very much, but I had actually, by some dumb luck, been an investor in a company called liquidation.com. And I knew that liquidation.com had, uh, big lots of items that you could, you know, you basically bid on and then have those shipped to you. And so I went on there and started looking around liquidation.com. I found several different, uh, basically what they effectively what ended up happening is they would uh, get returns from Amazon. So this is so funny. It's the same ecosystem. They would get Amazon returns that when they came back into Amazon, the company that was selling it, the Amazon seller would say, eh, I don't want those items back. Just go ahead and trash them. Well, what Amazon does is they charge the, the seller to dispose of those items. So they make money on that transaction then they take that and they sell it to liquidation.com for pennies on the dollar. And then liquidation.com then sells these in big lots. And I mean, we're talking about 
boxes and boxes and boxes of lots. So what I would do is I would go on liquidation.com. Typically I would go on, I found that Fridays were a really good day because people didn't really pay attention. They were kind of getting to the end of their week. I would go on there and I would bid on these items and I would typically pay, you know, for a, a huge box or a pallet. Many times we got pallets of these things um, at our house of just all kinds of Amazon returns. And there were broken items. There were things that, you know, were just not things that you would want to sell. Uh, but there would always be, I would say, 50 to 60% of the items were things that were in demand. And if you, if, as you started to learn, you started to learn what to look for. Things like appliances, you know, small appliances, um, anything electronic, anything like video game-ish, um, you could easily turn those over real, real fast. So I, I got to where I was really good at being able to pick, okay, these are the things I wanted to bid on. Um, most often I would be able to pay like five to $600 for an entire pallet full of stuff. Uh, we would get it in and this was my wife's job. It would come in. Uh, sometimes it would be piled up in front of our garage when we came home. Uh, other times it was a, you know, a, a semi-trailer that would come up and they would unload pallets of these things. And we'd get five to seven pallets in our garage of just stuff and just a variety of things. And my wife's job was to go through everything, um, pick out the things that were obviously broken or damaged beyond repair. Um, we would throw those away or actually technically we'd turn around and donate them to, um, to like a Goodwill or something like that, because they were typically things good enough that we could donate. Uh, we would take the things that could be fixed and fix them. And then like electronics, I would test them when I would get home. And what we would do is, you know, most of this would come in on like a Wednesday afternoon. My wife would get through them by Friday and we would spend our Saturday and Sunday going through the items, boxing them up, getting them packed back up and then sending them up to Amazon. And what I would sell them as is used like new in most cases. So it might've been an open box or something along those lines, but it was something that, you know, somebody would want. They just had to realize, well, this is a, it's not a new inbox item. Typically we would find the lowest price that was in the used new or used look like new. And we would price ourselves just slightly below that maybe a penny or two so that we were the first one in line. And more often than not, if it was an item that was attractive to people, it was a good selling item, we'd sell them out. You know, literally they would sell out the minute that they would hit Amazon. And we did this for almost two years. Uh, when we first were starting our other businesses, we used this as a means of keeping, keeping the lights on and keeping fed after I'd quit my job. And it worked out really well. We had uh, we would continue to do that for a while. What started to happen, though, is everybody else kind of caught on to what I was doing. And other people started talking about doing the same thing. And it ended up people were just paying stupid money for the, the pallets of, of goods. And so you really had it became harder and harder and harder to make a profit. Uh, but, you know, I know of several people, in fact, my business partner's daughter um, was friends in college with someone whose parents did that very thing. 
they had a humongous warehouse at their kind of farm. Uh, it was in a barn and they literally had like four or five high school kids that they would just get pallets upon pallets of these things come in. The high school kids would sort them out, put them all in. So they weren't really involved in the, the day-to-day running of that business. So, you know, one of the things that you need to understand is you've got that kind of arbitrage way of doing things. Um, I will say that the, you know, trying to do the go to Goodwill, find items or go to garage sales and find items is really difficult and it's very time consuming. Um, You spend most of your life doing that with varied amounts of results. There's some wonderful phone apps that you can get and download that, you know, let's say you're in a store and there's a, a section, you know, Walmart has a whole aisle full of um, kind of clearance items and things like that. Sometimes that can be a, a treasure trove. Otherwise, it can be a trash trove, but it can be a treasure trove. You can go through there and if you've got the, the FBA phone app, you can literally scan something and it'll say, well, this is what it's selling for. You know, here's here's the prices on Amazon so that you can take a look at that and say, oh, well, OK, this is a 50 percent discount from what's on Amazon. I can buy this, flip it and, you know, double my money, basically. Um, my minimum requirement was always at least 50 percent. Most often I could buy, you know, five to six thousand dollars worth of stuff, uh, five to six thousand of actual value for So basically 10 cents on the dollar. So, you know, I knew for a fact that I could at least sell that for, you know, another, I could at least sell it for a 50% profit. So I, I could salvage enough in that five or $600 to make a 50% profit. So I would, you know, know that I could make 12 to $1,400 from a box that was coming in. And then I would just reinvest that in the next round of this and kept going. And then we had a little bit of money that we were pulling out to live on uh, over time. So that was, it was fun. Like I said, doing it the other way where you're trying to find items at garage sales, unless you're somebody that just likes to go to garage sales, which I'm not, it's just not fun. It's a lot of work for not a whole lot of reward. Um, you know, like I said, electronics items, things like that are really good items to be able to sell on there. And if you have some kind of special skill where you, um, you know, you have a very special expertise and know where to find and look for items, uh, it can be a really profitable business. One of the things that Amazon has done over time, however, is that they have started to have some very specific products because they don't you know they don't want the quality of items to go down on Amazon so there are certain items that either are brand limited so the brands say well no you can only be, you can only sell this on Amazon if you are a brand you know if you're approved by us to sell it so you're you're basically stopped and these are always the best items you would get them and you're like great this is fantastic i can sell this and then you'd find out it would be one of the, the Amazon items or one of the items that Amazon would block. The other thing is Amazon has a special class of product that some of these brands will use that it comes in like a, basically a brown box. And that's a special SKU code or UPC code on the back 
that is very much limited to uh, the, the, you basically you can't take that and resell it on Amazon. So there's a couple of weird things that they do. And it was getting harder and harder as we went on. Uh, it's been a few years since we've sold on Amazon. So I'm sure they've changed some of the rules again. They do it all the time. What we ended up starting to do was when we would get all those kind of items that we couldn't sell on Amazon, if it was something that did have value, we would just turn around and sell those on eBay. Now, eBay was great. Um, with Amazon, we used Amazon Fulfilled by Amazon or FBA, where basically you take an item, you ship it to Amazon, you put a special label on it, ship it to Amazon, you maintain your inventory on the Amazon website, but Amazon actually warehouses that project or product for you, which is great if the products sell fast. If the products do not sell quickly, like my wonderful, all my wonderful uh, coffee pots, um, Amazon after about six months starts to charge you shelf rental every quarter for those items. So you really get to the point where your profit just keeps going down and down and down if you have a dead item that's on there. So you want to do a little bit of research, a little bit more research than I did. I just wanted to get started and get going. Um, but this was one of those things that you really, I should have spent a little bit more time. So choosing items to sell is really big. There's a, there's a lot of different sites that are out there. The site that I would recommend to go to is a site called Jungle Scout. So Jungle Scout uh, makes your job so much easier. They they actually have some back-end analysis tools that can look at different products and show you which ones are performing better than other products. They're all the things that help you to figure out, okay, this is the project or product I want to sell. Um, maybe these are the combinations that I could sell it with some other items, make it unique so that people will buy mine versus everybody else's that looks exactly like my product. Uh, Jungle Scout also has some very, very good training. Um, they will teach you how to do this. Now, there are hundreds of people out on uh, YouTube that you'll find that are talking about FBA, and they all have their courses that they want to sell. You know, it's, it's hit or miss, quite frankly, um, I, you know, like I said, I got lucky and found a podcast, um, that, you know, helped me to, to learn a little bit about this. So I would just say, search around, look for podcasts, look for, you know, look on Amazon for sure. Or I mean, on uh, YouTube for sure, but jungle scouts, a great place to learn how the business works and to get some training so that you understand how Amazon works. There are many people that are making millions of dollars per year on Amazon. Um, there's a lot of people that were like we were at the beginning and are struggling too. So you, you know, just like any business, spend a little bit of time, put together a, a strategy. Uh, certainly, if you can avoid having to take business or money out of the business right away, and you can keep reinvesting in inventory so that you could really get it going, uh, that's the better. Um, I will say that if you can find items to sell, it becomes easier. This, you know, this time period that we're talking right now, we're also having major supply chain issues across the globe. So it may be a little longer to get product 
to get products that you might um, want to sell. So, you know, it's not as easy to get things shipped over from China. Most of the things, if you can get them small, you can get them shipped overnight via air so that you you avoid all the the issues uh, at the ports and everything else. Realize if you're bringing things in from China, there's a certain limit. Um, I want to say it's $2,500 that if the value of your product that you're sending over is more than $2,500, then you're going to pay port duties as well. So you have to be prepared that you might have to, you know, pay another three or $400 for, for, you know, inbound port duties and everything else. So, you know, find what I would do is find somebody that is current, you know, find a 2022 uh, trainer, uh, go to Jungle Scout and learn as much as you can about the business and learn what is working today. But this is a wonderful freedom engine because it's something that, you know, you can get your kids involved in, you can get your spouse if your spouse is at home. Uh, During the day, it's something that you can get your spouse involved in. It's really a family affair, and it can be something that generates a really good revenue to start with. Uh, What I would suggest is have a little bit of money saved up. Um, Having a little bit of money saved up will give you the ability to get it going faster. Um, It'll allow you, if you've got a core product, to be able to sell, you know, to, to do a little bit of advertising which will, you know, it'll position your product in front of other products and you can get that thing going. And once the momentum is going and once you're starting to make sales, you, your product automatically, Amazon will position your product up farther and farther towards the top. So I hope this was helpful. Um, It was fun telling the story. It was fun thinking back to, you know, after I finally had all the stuff pulled off of Amazon when I was closing the store down and still having, you know, like five boxes of coffee cu- or coffee pots sitting in my garage for about another eight months until I finally just took them to Goodwill and donated them because it was, it was, <laughs> I lost so much money on them. It was just worth it to get the tax deduction. Uh, it was a, it was an expensive lesson, but hopefully it's a lesson that you will learn that, hey, go through the process do the research, find some products you can sell, and then order those products and, and bring them in. Um, and, and you'd be amazed at what could be sold. I mean, it can be as small as kitchen items and you know spatulas and things like that. I mean, everybody sells those type of things. So all you have to do is kind of find products that are really hot at the time and just get in front of that wave and get out there. So as always, you know, this show is on multiple channels, uh, wherever it's at, I would encourage you to subscribe to the channel. Doesn't cost you anything to, to subscribe and that keeps you up to date. We do publish these shows Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays. Um, we are beginning to do a few more guests. So I'd encourage you to continue to listen to the show, do a little binge watching and, uh, or binge listening. And, you know, if you have the opportunity, that you can give us a rating, please give us as high of a rating as you feel comfortable uh, because that's what helps us to get in front of more people. So thank you so much. Have a wonderful day and go out there and find your freedom day. Thank you for listening to the Freedom Nation podcast. 
You can find us on Apple Podcasts and all the major channels. Wherever you're listening, please subscribe to the channel and leave a rating and review. If you have friends and family that could benefit from their own Freedom Day, please share with them. Finally, join Freedom Nation by following us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. 